to Twisted Tea, a podcast dedicated to some twisted, twisted, twisted tea. This season, we're back in brewing with the most twisted tea you can ever expect. From the sicko sign to middle of nowhere Boston College, whether you're training, busing, riding, walking, crawling, or even flying, you hear things. And we're here to spill it all. I'm Geneve. I'm Bonnie. And we are so glad you're joining us here today. Now let's get sippin'. Happy Wednesday and welcome back to Twisted Tea. Yes, hello, hello. We're so excited to bring you guys another episode. I mean, I can't believe that we we just hit episode 20 of season two. Yeah. I mean, okay, I honestly feel like we're just going to start a new season when the fall semester starts, which is crazy because that's, like, coming up really soon, too. That's literally in a month. One month and, like, four days or something. What? But anyway, on today's episode, we're super excited because it's an audience-submitted idea, and we've been wanting that for a really long time now. Literally, I'm so hyped. So today we are going to be talking about expectations versus reality. Do you know that saying, if you don't, or what's that called? No expectations, no disappointments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, today um, we're going to be talking about expectations versus reality in terms of school, career, and love. We love love. All right. So... (laughs) So we'll start, I, I guess we can start with like school because that's like coming up. It's like a light topic and like, I guess like expectations. Yeah. So, okay. Would you, would you say you had any expectations like going into college? Going into college, I think, thinking back on it, I expected it to be kind of like how the movies were like. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be that exaggerated, uh-huh. but like growing up or not growing up in Texas, like going to high school in Texas for four years and like the football games and all of that, like you go into college expecting tailgates and like a lot of fun and just like, you know, the here and there missing school, sleeping in, all of that. But I think mm-hmm. now going into my junior year of college, I don't really feel like I'm ex- expecting much out of school. I'm expecting more out of myself, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not expecting things from my yeah. environment, but I definitely am expecting me to do bigger and better things this year, for sure. Gotcha, gotcha. I would say, like, my expectations for college, I mean, I think our experiences are similar because, like, even here, I mean, I'm, I didn't grow up in, like, Texas, but I feel like state schools and schools, like, in Idaho are very, like, you know, Greek life heavy, very, like, football's a big thing for us, too, And I feel like it's just more of, like, a very, like, traditional college experience. And not to say that, like, the experience at BU isn't, like, a very traditional college experience either. Because, like, obviously it's just a city school. Um, But my expectations for it were were definitely different. Right. And I would even, like, go as far to say, like, I didn't really give much thought to the difference between the types of campuses when I was choosing schools. Mm. I kind of just like I really focused on on rankings more and because of that I feel like I like I'm like the city environment ended up working out well for me because I'm just more of like the The city kind of person that's up to my speed yeah 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 but I feel like it was not how I envisioned college for myself like the movies exactly what you said like the quad like you know walking around the quad and whatnot and I think another thing with expectations too especially at BU is I expected to be like really top of the class smart um what would you say 
just like a star student, I okay. guess. And that's because that's how I was at my at my high school. And I mean, granted, there were still a lot of people like that, but I was very comfortable with classes. I felt like I could give not minimum effort, but not give so much effort and still get these extreme results. And I feel like in college, that was not the the reality. The reality. It was, you know, there's way smarter yeah, people out there for you know, sure. Yeah. So many smarter people. I remember even orientation. I was like, wow, this is insane how many people have done impressive things before they've even come to college and the things that I've done can't even compare to that yeah I think I agree with you on that term well I like I think I am smart but I definitely know I'm not the smartest and that this was also in high school so coming into college um like I knew like I expected there to be like super 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 smart kids especially like in the business school and all that and that has definitely been my reality Mm -hmm. too but um like mm-hmm. doing all that research on school and like talk or on BU before coming here and kind of like talking to a couple people mm-hmm. that were already like at BU in the business school and all of that um I think what uh has actually surprised me in a good way is the competitive environment I expected coming into mm-hmm. an extremely competitive like environment where people just kind of like didn't help each other everyone just tried to like step on each other to get to the top but my reality is Mm -hmm. after I got here because I got so close to so many great people that that wasn't my reality at all so I think that that was a Mm situation or that is a situation where my expectations were um my reality is better than my expectations yeah yeah it's not like a shocking reality it's like a good reality right like I was intimidated like walking into question my first Mm -hmm. time and like being there my first month and all of that but then as the more I was there the more I was like you know what like no one really knows what the hell they're doing um and like everyone Mm -hmm. around me is so great and so supportive and all of that so um that's one thing that I really appreciate about like my school experience so far at BU I think that's something I would agree with as well, although I think the competitive aspect for, you know, like, calm is really not, like, there wasn't a, a competitive expectation regardless, it would just be, like, the competitive expectation of college rather than the specific, or uh, <laughs> university rather than the specific college, that was the wrong word, <laughs> but it, it's kind of crazy because I remember, so back in high school, my class was kind of crazy there was this person who made the culture very toxic and competitive as you kind of like mentioned right where it was we had do you know like big brother big brother like the the, tv show i think it's a tv show yes the one where they're in the house and together and yes yes i love that show it's competitive right so competitive yeah Okay, good, good, good. Because I've never actually seen Big Brother, but I've heard about it. And I know it's like you're all trapped in the house and just like these like um, competitions yes, and, and you're trying yes. to win and be like I love something Big of Brother. the house. It's not like king of the house. What, head of household. Um, so every oh, no, it's literally the Big head Brother. Of household, yes. yes. Every single week, like if you win that head of household comp- competition, you are deemed head of household. And then you put two people on the block to be um, yes. ejected from the house. Yes, 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 yes. That's exactly what it is. Oh my gosh. Okay, thank you for reminding me. So there was this guy that I went to school with. He was literally crazy. Um, He made that happen in my school. Really? In my class. Yes, in my IB class. So I was like, like not, not half, like a third of my uh, graduating class, I would say. 
and he made that literally a thing. So we had these like ongoing like tensions and there was like people that he didn't like and he would also pit people against one another in like a really manipulative form to be like, oh, well that person, like I remember when he was on the, I think you nominate people to go on the block, right? Uh, no, the head to of get, house. To get like thrown out of the uh, house. The head of household nominates two people to go on the block and then there's a competition where you can take one person down or that person fights for his life and if they win the veto, they can either veto themselves or somebody else off. Yes, but at the end yes. of the day, there's yes, always two yes. people at the, on the block and one person gets kicked out. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, so I remember, like, the dude that came up at the game was on the block one time, and he did this, like, what is it called? Like, like a pseudo, like, Sido, wait, what? Fido. <laughs> no, what is it called? No, 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 reverse psychology. Okay. He did reverse psychology, and we had, so everybody had to take science classes. Like, you had to be in either biology or chemistry. So he would go into, like, the he was in bio, but he would come into our chem classroom and, like, convince the person to, like, vote for the other person or, like, someone to vote for this person so that no one would vote for him it was so psycho and manipulative this was yeah yeah they rally for (laughs) the other person I mean obviously like when you're in a survival situation you want yourself to come out on top so like okay so he was like rallying for people to vote for the other person yeah 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 and and then like okay so basically this was just a long way to say that like the the culture that I had come from was very toxic like like, five minute tangent on big brother isn't this crazy though? Like, can you imagine like That's trying to? Yeah, be, it was like fun competition, but then it ended up being like extremely violent for like no apparent reason. <laughs> but um, yeah. So that this was the environment I come from, and I was just like, wow, people are you know smart people are mean, and this is exactly what college is gonna be like. People are just gonna be like out to get each other, but that was not the experience I had at all. And I would even say like the you know obviously there's limited positions for good companies but I feel like even if someone gets something that you really wanted you're still like genuinely happy for them right and I think that's just a really a really refreshing take like I think we're lucky that we get to say that because I know a lot of people who have like terrible experiences in their colleges or schools or whatever because the environment or like their Mm -hmm. the environment that they've chosen isn't necessarily right or supportive for them Mm -hmm. so in their cases their realities would be a whole like like a lot worse than their expectations oh yeah no most definitely and okay in terms of school we should talk about like on the not the micro level but I guess like just classes and things like that so when I first was choosing classes not my first semester but my second semester a lot of people talked about using like rate my professor oh yeah and yeah so they would expect like they know what to expect when they're going into new classes and I was always taking that with a grain of salt I was kind of like you know I think sometimes people are dramatic on rate my professor or I think just sometimes it's like uh like maybe just a like that collective class like that semester was just like rowdy for some reason you know right and maybe the professor you know had like something going on like personally so sometimes I don't really like take that to heart Mm -hmm. but I learned this past semester you trust those rate my professor reviews because my expectation of this class that I had was like it's fine it's gonna be okay whatever it was the worst fucking class I've ever taken in college. What class was this? The professor was, it was PH one sixty, and the professor. Well, was girl, I don't know what PH one sixty is. You have to tell me. Is it like anthropology? Is it like it's, water okay, weaving? So it's 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 um it's logic and reasoning, and it's basically a it's okay. So I have to take a math, natural science, and computer science class for my requirements, 
and I didn't want to actually take a math class and there's a, a class list of like exceptions so they're classes that aren't in like the MA or the CS or the whatever the natural science codes right. are and but they these classes would still count towards that credit and I was like, oh, I like philosophy classes. Like, I'm usually good at them. This is a 100 level class. And it was also one of the classes that ended up being open because I was going to do medical ethics instead, mm-hmm. which for some reason counted. Okay. But it was not offered that semester. So I just went literally the next line down. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll just do PH160. And just, oh my God, read the professor ratings and you will not be shocked because nine times out of 10, they are accurate because if one bad person is on like the rate my professor, it's pretty obvious that it's only that one person's experience. Right. But if it's a collective, just trust just it. Just trust it. Don't try to give the professor benefit of the doubt. Okay, but also like, don't you think like most philosophy professors or like professors who teach sub- subjects that are very not black and white, for example, math, like there's always a correct answer and there's always wrong answers, right? But with philosophy and logic and mm-hmm. reasoning and all that you can come from, or even like writing classes, um, you can come from whatever angle that your mind thinks. And nine mm-hmm. out of 10 times, if you're reasoning doesn't exactly align with the professors as much as professors can be super open-minded and whatever they say they will be like nine out of ten times if you are especially the opposite thinking of that professor you're screwed that semester yeah because you like either yeah, you yeah, yeah. either you go for the grade and just flip everything you're thinking and just try to do it the way he wants or the professor wants you to do it or you do it your own way and uh-huh. then get fucked over yeah, I would, okay, I would agree with that because I've definitely seen that happen with, like, some of my other classes and people who have, like, differing opinions. Right. But this particular class, though, is not, like, it's listed as a philosophy class, but it's not philosophy. Like, I've actually taken, like, a real philosophy class right. before where I had, like, a TA who was, like, it was her way or the highway and most people, like, didn't share her views. But the logic and reasoning class, it was, like, voting theory and, like, this is a uh, like a justifiable statement and like proofs and stuff. The professor was just bad because he never checked his email. He didn't use slides. He just wrote on the chalkboard oh, gosh. for like over an hour, and he would not like he wouldn't respect your time. So like the class would end at eleven, and I had work at eleven fifteen, and he would still be going over. And I'm like, I have to walk to work. Like I can't be late right. to work, and. Yeah, so things like that. Like, in that, like, I definitely agree with you because there are, especially with, like, writing professors, like, some people's writing styles are just so vastly different because, like, usually writing classes, you have, like, people that are coming from different majors and they have different levels of writing um, and the professor sometimes just plays favorites, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's definitely, like, a circumstantial thing. But for, like, it's pretty obvious, you know, like, on the rate my professor things, it'll be, like, oh, you know, they, they never check their email versus they are such a harsh yeah. grader. It's like, or are you just a bad student? Yeah, gotcha. <gasps> well, no, like, um, I kind of wanted to, like, I feel like this is a great transition into talking about, like, expectations and versus reality in career and, like, real life or, like, the real world uh-huh. of working because in the past, uh-huh. like, I still to this day use rate my professors and try to get as much opinion or as many opinions on whoever or whatever class or whatever professor I'm going to take before I choose them. Um, because I obviously Mm -hmm. like, unlike a lot of people, I kind of just want that easy A. Like I also have to work. I don't have time to sit there and like struggle through a computer science problem for 50 hours and the professor not cut me any slack for it. Um, I mean, that sounds like kind of like stupid, but at the same time it is what it is. But you know how like you have rate my professors for professors and teachers and all that you in the work world, Mm -hmm. you don't have a rate my boss. Like 
if you are if you yeah. land a job, you don't get to choose your boss. So I think having that mindset, especially now while I'm taking these classes and having these terrible professors and stuff like that I had a conversation with my mom one time where she brought this up she was like yes you hate your professor and in school you can switch out a class or you can decide to switch to a different professor but think about it what in two years when you're working in the real life world are you allowed to switch your boss are you allowed to request for another boss no like you're stuck in that job and you have to deal with all the shit that comes with it so I think honestly this college thing Mm -hmm. and having terrible professors or having professors that aren't up to your liking is kind of a good trial for when you go into the real world yeah absolutely because like I know there's like glass door and stuff but most of the time it's like you can't get so specific to like what office you'd be working in like location wise and yeah it's just like sometimes you just have to deal with it like you can't just you know switch out or you know and like most people don't have the luxury of having like multiple positions and you can't like accept multiple positions at a time and then just like do a test run and decide like what company you'd rather work for sometimes it's just like you're just required to kind of change those things and I also feel like especially with the like expectations in career Mm -hmm. it's like there are so many different facets to that because, you know, someone can be really, like, a boss can be really nice when you first meet them. Right. And then there's different ways that they can, it like, the reality can be different. Right. Right. The reality can be different in the sense that they aren't, like, a very small thing, like, they aren't good at checking their emails and reading through their emails all the way. Right. So they'll ask, like, they'll ask you to do something and then you'll do it. And then they'll ask you, like, oh, but you didn't do this. And you're like, did you actually read through the email all the way? Because that was on the bottom. Right. Which, like, that's a really annoying thing because then it's just, like, this, like, not, like, relationship tension, but it's kind of just, like, they're under-delivering and you're, like, why aren't you, you know, respecting my work? And then I sometimes feel like there's those bosses who don't give you enough to do. Right. And you're, and, and that's, like, a whole other problem, too, where it's, like, they're really nice, they're great people. Like, how do you necessarily say, like, I don't like you because you don't give me enough to do, but it's also just, like, I want to get that experience. I want to be able to, like you know, do things, not just sit around. So I feel like there's, with bosses, it's definitely more difficult because there's always going to be something wrong, I feel like. Right. You know? I mean, not even with bosses, like even with the position, like you think, oh, like I'm going into this data analysis Mm -hmm. job or I'm going to this investment banking position, right? Like you obviously, everyone goes into a career, whatever they're going to with some sort of expectations, but rarely do I think that the reality will ever match their expectations 100%. It's always going to be either over, like, like over as in great or like over as in oh like overly terrible or vice versa like under as in maybe like that person's like oh like I came in here expecting to do like 90 hours of work every week but I'm only doing 75 and I think that's great or the other way around so I don't know I think it's a really great point that you bring up with the boss thing but also I think a lot of people settle Mm -hmm. they're like I know my expectations will either never be reached or my expectations are always too high so I'm just gonna settle with whatever I have right now and try to be happy about it I also feel like everyone needs to abandon this idea that you are always gonna have these like rainbow days at your first job or your first internship because the reality is even the people who go onto like Instagram stories, YouTube videos and say like, I love my job so much, blah, 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 blah. 
everyone's going to have one day where they absolutely hate their job. Oh, yeah. It may or may not be like in a disagreement you have with someone you work with or, you know, a short-term thing where like if you have an event or something, right? And leading up to the event, everyone's super stressed out and you have a million things to do to just try to get all your ducks in a row. Whatever the situation may be, there is always going to be that day and there are always going to be multiples of that same type of day. So I feel like going into a new job or a new internship, everything is going to be, you know, either great or terrible. Everything can just switch at the like drop of a pin. Correct. And you have to be ready for that. And you have to be willing to accept it. see through that. Exactly. Yeah, expect it. In both ways, in in the sense that, you know, if you go in and you have very low expectations and the position absolutely blows your blows your mind away, always remember that it can come down, it can come down, right? Like it's not always going to be like the most beautiful thing. Or you can just have high expectations and it's terrible. Tomorrow might be better, right? right? And that's also entirely like you have a role in that as well and how you perceive the position and your role in that job. Because honestly, yes, I, I love this point that you brought up because expectations honestly is the mindset you're going at. Like expectations yes. and mindsets yes. go hand in hand. For example, with the super high expectations thing and then you go into your first weekend's absolute shit. Okay, maybe I'm not telling you to lower your expectations, but change your mindset a little bit in the way where you just said, mm-hmm. like, maybe it will get better tomorrow or maybe I will, maybe my boss wants to train me for a couple of weeks and see if he can trust me with these kind of projects before he moves me up to an, into a different project. So it's also how like your mm-hmm. mindset is and how you're accepting things and like moving along with things. Yeah, a lot of it is like agency, right? Like how you you are able to manipulate, not manipulate. I don't know if that's the right word. I, I think navigate. Yeah, I think yeah, navigate the situation, word. right? Yeah, yeah, navigates like the, the the better word. And I mean, not to say that there are you know what are, what are they called? Tiger bosses? Is that what they're called? Tiger like bosses. the really terrible bosses? No. Oh my gosh, that like reminds me of that shows. movie. Have you seen that movie where it's like it's three like it's three or four different guys who have really 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 terrible bosses, and one of them like plots to kill or like they plot to kill their bosses or something like that. What? No. What are you talking about? I don't remember about? the movie, but I like watched a little bit of it like a couple weeks ago. It's called like Bad. I don't know. I think I'm digging myself a grave here. But yes, all in all, like so there funny. will always be like bad bosses out there or like a bad job, but it's the way you go, like you yeah. see things. I mean, at the end of the day, everything is like, oh, like how you see it or like how your mindset is. But again, it's easier said than done. Yeah. Um. I kind of actually want to hop into a social media break right now and talk about the expectation versus reality of, like, social media in terms of us being micro-influencers. You want to talk about that? Snaps. Wait, that was a perfect... Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, a really big thing is I feel like when you are a micro-nano, whatever the fuck term it is, (laughs) that type of... You know, if you have a big social media presence... Other people's expectations of you are going to be so vastly different than what you actually are as a person. This is a conversation I feel like that we've had on here before is definitely a conversation I've had with my really close friends Mm -hmm. in the sense that like my friend Dara talks about this literally all the time, at least once a week. She'll be like, I don't think people give you enough credit or I don't think people actually know the real you and they they think that you're really self-absorbed, but you are literally not. She's like, you're literally one of the least self-absorbed people I know or you're like actually really down to earth I feel like because because most not most people I would say that 
social media for a majority of people is not a very like serious thing yeah it's just kind of like casual posting which i'm okay with right, that agreed. like i feel Normalized like almost casual people, posting. people who yeah and you know and the, here's the crazy thing correct me if i'm wrong maybe this is a hot take I feel like people who have big social media presences and take social media really seriously, or not really seriously, but more seriously, aka you and me, don't judge people who don't take social media as seriously versus people who don't take social media seriously judge people who do use social media very seriously like you and me. I agree with you. I actually, I so agree with you, but like, I think it's more because... For example, because we have we've experienced doing ads and partnerships and ambassadorships mm-hmm. with other companies, and we know how much work it actually takes to go into, like a like a sponsored post or just like keeping your feed together, that yeah. type of thing. So when like sometimes I am mm-hmm. jealous of people who can just snap a picture, put a little caption and throw it on there, not do anything or like have to think about a caption for three hours, whatever. I mean, that might be that is an exaggeration, mm-hmm. but like we respect mm-hmm. them for that. But people who have never had to, like, go above and beyond for a specific post or specific caption, they don't get it. They think it's stupid, which I completely agree with. Like, if I were in their position, I'd think the same way as them. But, like, Mm -hmm. when I brought up let's do, like, social media for this, well, obviously social media break, where I was Mm -hmm. coming from was expectations of what it's like to be like a micro nano whatever or like a big time influencer and the reality of it everyone's always sees like the fancy side and oh like the cute post and the free shit and this and that but nobody ever really sees the behind the scenes of how long it takes to like get you to position a post to look like that or how many freaking like people you have to mm-hmm. go through to like actually get you a good photo and then all the shit that goes behind the scenes mm-hmm. when you have to do stupid like sponsored posts that you might not exactly enjoy doing Yeah, no, I agree with that too, because a lot of times, like, okay, so people see the the sponsored post, and in their minds, they're like, oh, this was taken, like, that day, and sometimes it is, but most of the time, if you have to get through, like, an extensive approval process, like, that picture was taken, like, a really long time ago, and it has gone through, like, so many people, and I feel like it's different for whatever type of sponsored content you might be doing like I think the worst not the worst the most uh stretched out process I had was this one paid campaign I had where I had almost like a template but it was like this slide needs to say this and show this and this side needs to men or this slide needs to mention this and I had to send it back for revisions twice I have never had to do yeah. that before. So by the time I had actually posted it, people thought that it was just like I had shot it that day. But it was like, no, if you live with me, you would have known I shot this video two weeks ago. And I've had to make so many edits over it because of those very specific things, which leads me to go and talk into why I think it's insane how some people think like, oh, well, you know, you're charging like this rate. Like, I feel like we all have different expect, different, I guess it's not really expectations, but different ways that we go about like sponsored content. You know, sometimes if I think that a thing is worth a good amount of money, I'll just do like the post and get the free product rather than like saying, oh, well, I actually charge this amount. And it's really wild to me how some people will say, oh, well, you know, you're going to charge to do it, but other people are just going to do it for free, so the company's just going to go to that person. And I think that's really false because the reality is that the reason why nano and micro influencers are 
scouted out by different small businesses or even big businesses and companies and stuff is because of high engagement rates. I was and just work I was just talking rate. to someone about this yesterday. They were asking me like I don't understand like how you have like 2300 followers and you still get to do all these free shit or or you or you still get all these all this free shit or you still get all these like partnerships with people and I was trying to explain the engagement rate Mm -hmm. part because there are people with what like the k in their following count correct like 15k Mm -hmm. 18k whatever but if you like actually look Mm -hmm. through the engagement rate and like figure that out maybe it's at three or four percent so like a thousand people out of 15,000 people are actually looking and like engaging with their things which is I think the best thing about our day and age now with social media brands can see through that bullshit right away mm-hmm. and it's like it's great because it all opens up opportunities for us who actually like lack of a better term give a shit about what we're posting about does that make sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no that makes sense I, I mean I just think it's funny how like we like now that I think about it spend so much time on a singular post for people to scroll past in 0.2 seconds yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. <laughs> now that you agree with me, like you always do, um, let's move on. Going back to talking about expectations and reality, hopping out of our social media break, talking about expectations and reality with love. Yeah, okay. So I feel like going into college, my expectation of love was really like the movies. I am the biggest rom-com consumer and I just, I love rom-coms. It's funny I you say that because, like, them. you and, like, the L word, like, the, you and love, I, you get, like, kind of, not cringy, but, like, you kind of freak out when, like, you start having feelings for someone or, like, at the, even the sound yeah. of love. Yeah. Right? So it's funny that's, to me no, that's that you so love true. rom-coms. It's so true. Yeah. No, I agree with you because I feel like I see, like, I just watched Kissing Booth too. People say it's trash rom-com or whatever it is, but I think it's cute. Mm-hmm. And whenever, you know, I watch rom-coms, I'm like, oh my god, like, that's so cute. And then I'm like, wow, like, I really want this. But then every opportunity where someone comes along and it's like, they actually demonstrate like real feelings yeah. or like they care about me. I either A, am just not interested in them because they're not my type or B, I just lose interest. Like, I lose interest in 0.5 seconds. No, I <laughs> so. know you do. And it's freaking hilarious. I feel like you should be on Love Island. Like, I've been watching Love Island for the past week now. And it's so funny when these, like, I don't want to call them characters because they're real people. But when these people, like, they're, <laughs> someone is showing interest towards them. And then they're like, ah, oh, fuck, like, fuck that person. I don't really like him. And then when another, when, like, person C, okay, so let me start this over again. So, for example. <laughs> Geneve is in Love Island, correct? And so let's say this person called wow. Bob likes Geneve. But Geneve's like, ah, oh, fuck Bob. Like, whatever, Bob's not cute enough, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to go on my own way, whatever. And then Cassidy comes into the house and is showing Bob interest and, like, really laying it on thick to Bob. Now Geneve is, mm-hmm. like, freaking out and trying to get Bob back. That's what I'm trying to say with you. That's exactly how you are, and unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but how a lot of like people are these days. It's like you have something good on your hands, but then you don't realize it until something shit happens, or like somebody else is vying for that one good yeah. thing. Yeah, that's like a hundred percent it. I don't know. I just feel like you know you have these expectations, right? And then you go in, and it's 
it's not quite what you're expecting, but it's not far from it, right? Yeah. You always, like, I always find myself trying to find something wrong with it. Or with the person. But in reality, it wasn't actually, yeah, with the person, with the situation, with the timing, whatever it may be. Usually it's the person, let's be yeah. honest. Um, <laughs> I think also sometimes then, you just expect re- too much out of people. Like, I think it's great to have high standards, but at the end of the day, like, I don't know if there's one single person out there that will fit every single little checkbox that I have. Like, there's ought to be one little thing that you're like, ah, fuck, like, I don't love, I don't like that about this person, but, like, if I can look past it, it's fine. No, it's so true. It's so true, dude. Because, okay, for me, it's mostly, like, I can find the personality, but the looks aren't all the way there. Mm. And, okay, so I started talking to this guy, and he's he's here, so I didn't really invest that much time into it anyways. But he's so attractive. He literally, thank God he doesn't have Instagram, so he will never know about this podcast because I will never tell him about it. Oh, but he looks exactly like a TikTok boy. Like, He's gorgeous, uh-huh. like so beautiful, but he's a fucking felon. He's a what? He's a felon. A felon. Like he's yes. gone to jail before and he's like committed a crime. Like like uh marijuana selling. Oh, okay. 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 I don't think mom and yeah. dad will be happy if you bring a felon back into the house. <laughs> So you know what I mean, though? But it's like, there was like this perfect, and then there's something wrong. Well, okay, so okay, let's something. backtrack a little bit. I think in those terms, for example, a person can be quote-unquote perfect. Like, great looks, great personality, whatever. Like, you guys get along so well when you meet. And then you find out that he's killed three people before. I think that's a whole different situation than if you've met someone who is perfect, same thing, but like, doesn't like close the toilet seat when they're done using the toilet i think those two are so different <laughs> okay situations. that's a very serious offense <laughs> that's still a serious offense in my eyes it's basic cleanliness right exactly but i don't like me personally as a not a psychopath i would hold these two people to like i i mean like if i fell in love with person a the one who killed like three other people I think it's easier for me to explain to this person, like, I think you're perfect, but because you did this little thing, which is, to me, a big flaw, like, I cannot have you in my life. Whereas yeah. the other person, I can look past it. Okay, okay, that that's fair. And I think, okay, I think when you're talking to a person who, like, you might have to explain why things aren't working out, and most of the time, like, it is a scenario of, like, my expectations for you just weren't met, you have to see like how you come across like I okay this is like such a weird I'm gonna try to explain it into like actual words that people can understand (laughs) but in the terms of like you know is this all just an expectations reality and also just things that aren't being met in my mind like when I speak it out into words and explain it to this person are they gonna think I'm ridiculous right does that make sense sense. to the other person where it's like okay they can understand because okay like even the like the toilet seat one is actually a good example because it's like maybe for some people like okay not to say that I would like 100% like end things with someone because of that but that is something I can have a conversation with someone about I can say like I don't like that you're that you know you don't put the toilet seat down or something but there are other things that happen with people where it's like there is something off about you and we're not gonna work but I cannot explain to you what it is Mm. that that you just irk me like you know what I mean like how do you explain that to somebody you can't say like there's something wrong with your character and this is never gonna work out they're gonna be like what the fuck like what is wrong with you and it's like how are you able to just explain that it just didn't work out because 
the expectations weren't well, met in like not a rude way. You know like, what I mean? Sometimes I don't think explanations are needed. Sometimes it's like I mean we've definitely talked about ghosting before, and it's like back then we've like bashed people for it and I like I sometimes I still do bash people aka Janice um for doing things like that but at the end of the day the reality is some people just don't get it and like some people like no matter how great your explanation will be or is they just won't accept it so what is your reality in that point continue trying to explain and like tell that person why they aren't the good like why they aren't a good match for you or just drop them and move on yeah you know yeah. No, it's just so hard because I don't I don't like to ghost people. Like, let's be clear, I don't usually ghost people unless they like gravely wrong me, which has happened, but that's usually it's not really I, I wouldn't even say it's ghosting. It's literally just blocking on everything. The the thing is, okay, let let, let me rationalize blocking to everybody. Okay. Now we're going to go on a tangent if you on were, blocking. If you, okay, let's do that. This is yes, this is how we're going to end today's episode is reasons why to block. Girls, and boys, if you really want to cut this person off, you need to block them on all forms because using your best judgment, if you think that this person is not getting a hint and is going to keep coming back for you, I will tell you from experience that if you do not go thoroughly all the way, if you only like, if you say you match on Tinder or you block their number, they will go through all means to try to find you. Whether that be you are still Facebook friends and they message you on Facebook or you were connected on LinkedIn. Oh yeah, LinkedIn. I was just about to say, you must go block on LinkedIn also. So you must, you must use, if you truly want this person to... A, stay out of your life, or B, never contact you, or C, both, you need to block them on all forms possible. Okay, but I You are getting the restraining order without the restraining order. You are cutting off communication. <laughs> no, okay, but my thing is, I think we deal with, like, okay, some people might be a little crazy, but, for example, if someone keeps hitting you up, right, or, like, you just stop texting them and then they hit you up on Instagram mm-hmm. and then on there you slowly stop texting them back. Wouldn't the normal human being understand that? Yeah, I don't keep Which is responding why I don't block to people. people. I've, well, I've blocked two people in my life, but other than those two people, like my exes, none of them are blocked. I feel like if you're a normal human being and you understand somewhat of a hint from other people, like you'll get it if I don't want to talk to you. If I don't respond on text and then you text me on Instagram and you're like, you didn't reply to me on text, like, and I don't reply or I don't respond to you on there, you should understand this person does not want to talk to me, therefore I should stop texting them. Mm-hmm. So that's why mm-hmm. I'm not a big I'm not a big blocker on those terms. But if they're a psychopath and they continuously hit you up and LinkedIn you and whatever the crap and like Tinder you and Bumble you, whatever, <sighs> then you can go ahead and block. But to me, like, I, I'm not a big blocker. I don't, Go, like I can I will ghost but I won't block it's not your first means of it's not my first second or third it's probably like my fourth means okay all right Does that make, well I feel like we, we're just two different people and we have two different approaches when it comes to situate like romantic yeah. situations no, I like agree. this but no I kind of uh, yeah. want to no, I, I want to end on like not a, like a happy note but I just thought about this don't you love it like that phase when you're like talking to someone or like hanging out with someone and it's like you have no expectations of them and they have no expectations of you. When expectations are like non-existent, that's when like life is the best. Don't you think? 
Yeah, I would agree. Like when you just yeah go in like no expectations, so there's nothing to like like no no standard to like live up to per se. Right, like when you're just like no title, none of that, and you're just like doing your own thing, and it's like you don't expect this person to like do this for your. They don't expect you to like do this or say this to them. It's like wow, like you just do it because you want to. Like I feel like that's the best yeah best um like time like regardless if you're like in a friendship relationship career school whatever no expectations is honestly sometimes the best thing you can go about life with that was a very beautiful note to end on so next week we will be bringing on not one not two but three guests so stay tuned because next episode is gonna be a juicy take yes you won't want to miss it i don't want to miss it i'm actually really excited when Geneve came to me with the idea of bringing these three people on and to talk about this specific uh, topic um, but we're not going to spill tea or give you any hints about what it is that's all we have for you today <laughs> and as usual give us a follow on our social media accounts and we will talk to you guys next week bye Mwah. 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 Mwah.